Hey, my name is Philip Craig. I'm the pastor here at Aria Church. Thanks so much for joining us. I hope this podcast empowers you, hope it fuels your faith, and hope it impacts your life. Enjoy the message. I felt like as we were praying this morning, especially as we're in the Holy Spirit series, I really felt in a season that we're in as a church that there's just something about making a move. And I feel like today, some of us in here, it's time to make a move. I don't know what that move is. I don't know where that move is or, or who that move is, but I really feel like, and it's just a general statement, but it applies. It's so simple, but it's so effective. I think when the Holy Spirit moves, He always requires something of us. And when we move, the Holy Spirit comes in and starts to work, starts to do things, starts to create things, starts to build things. But honestly, when you come out of a season where you maybe felt stuck, you felt lethargic, that's the very thing you don't want to do. You want to just stay safe. You don't want to go outside the boundaries of the unknown. And honestly, I feel like if there's some people in here and you feel lethargic, you feel like you're bored or life's just, there's something missing. Honestly, it's time to make a move. I move forward, I move into the unknown, I move of faith. Can I get an amen? You know, a lot of times we've heard people talk about, you know, Jesus' biggest commandment was to love him and to love others. And, and so sometimes we can get into things like love languages. And if you've done a marriage course at all, uh, you learn about love languages, which are the gifts. People, some people love to receive gifts. Some people love to uh, just spend quality time. Words of affirmation, physical touch, acts of service, all those things are great and is a part of the picture. But when we're talking about something today, we're going to address some of the maybe more unusual gifts that we hear about within the Scripture. There's kind of two areas within the New Testament that we see gifts being a thing. We see it in 1 Corinthians 12. We see it in Romans 12. And a lot, of, a lot of the gifts in Romans 12 are more like the things that we would all be mostly aware of, like teaching, preaching, uh, pastoral care, um, all those kind of things that we're probably not that fearful of or, or worried about. We, we're kind of, we know enough and we're comfortable with, but in, in 1 Corinthians 12, it's some of the more unusual gifts, and I want to address some of them today. Um, one thing I want to make sure is that we understand this is not for the super Christians or the more anointed ones. This isn't for just the special people, the few within every church that have these gifts. This is actually for the whole body, I believe. Um, now, there are some people in the church today that believe these gifts died out. I was actually talking to one of them during the week. I was in a school, uh, and they were in doing some great work uh, with the kids that they were from, I think, a gospel hall background and had a good conversation. And I was just interested, what's your opinion? Where have you came from? Why do you believe what you believe? Uh, lovely people doing a great work, but yet they wouldn't believe in the gifts. In the same way, I've seen people who believe in these more unusual gifts that we're about to talk about, and they think they're special. <laughs> they think they're specially gifted, and they nearly parade around as if they've got a medal or some sort of badge of honor, and that they're a super Christian and when you dig deep enough, you realize their heart, is there's not that much super about it. They're actually quite mean. It's quite ugly as you dig deeper. And so th what I'm trying to say is, I'm not saying, I'm trying to neutralize this in a way that, hey, listen, there's good people on both sides of this equation, people who believe in the spiritual gifts that we're about to talk about, people that don't. And as the Bible says in 
at the end of this scripture is that if you don't have love, in, in actually just a chapter later in 1 Corinthians 13, it says if you don't have love, it's a waste of time. All of, it, all of these gifts are an absolute waste. You can prophesy. You can speak words of wisdom. You can uh, speak in tongues unknown to man. But if you don't have love, you're, you've just wasted time because God operates and functions through love. Can you get an amen to that? So it's really important that when we get into this that we don't get freaked out. We don't see it as a threat. The main thing is love. But if this can help you to do incredible things for God, why would you not be open? That's my, my viewpoint. Why would you not consider? Why would you not even keep an open mind if it's just something that's going to help, if it's going to encourage someone's faith? Uh, and so let's get into it. Um, last week we spoke about the wedding gifts. A lot of times when you go to weddings, there's a gift uh, list and it's a, there's practical gifts. There's, um, there's maybe books to read. Maybe you'll write them uh, a note to encourage them. There's all kinds of different ways to bless someone in, in regards to gifts. And that's the same as the body of Christ. It's not ever supposed to be just one gift and everyone should have it. It was supposed to be, hey, we need a range of gifts to function in life, to function as a body, to function as a family. We don't just need encouragers. We need people who are good at administration. We need people who are good and have wisdom to make hard decisions. We need the whole uh, the whole spectrum, and the more that we have and people specializing in their gift, then the more, uh, the more effective we are as a body. The more ability we have to make impact, the, the more we're able to bless the community. And so the context of this scripture is in Corinth, and if any of you have read the book of Corinthians, you'll realize that the Corinthian church was mad. Like, I honestly don't think any of you would go to that church it would, if it was alive and in today's world, you would just be saying, they're the, they're, those guys are hypocrites, those guys are maniacs. There was all kinds of sexual immorality. When, when they heard about the gifts and they recognized that they're spiritual gifts, they were going for the ones which were at the front. Where can I get the mic? Where can, you know, it, was, it was dysfunctional that their hearts were wrong. And, and here we have Paul. Initially, he was rebuking them, saying, listen, I don't want you just firing tongues out wherever you want. I don't want you just prophesying and trying to get to the front and get a hold of the mic and dominating and doing it with a motive which is more about self than it is about helping people. Because as we read last week, every gift for the body of Christ was to edify, to strengthen the body. And so the interesting thing about it here is that, is that Paul didn't tell the early church, even though it was dysfunctional, even though their motives were wrong, he didn't tell them to stop, but he did tell them to align. He didn't tell them to stop using the gifts, but he did tell them to grow up and to mature and to check their heart and to bring order into the mix. Because when you bring order into the mix, it, it actually exposes the heart. And so these gifts that we're about to talk about aren't really based on your ability, aren't based on your talent, your intellect, or how good you are. It's, it's, it's a grace gift. It's a gift that was given to you by God, not by works, but you receive it through faith. So they're not medals to be shown, but instruments to be used. So let's go ahead and read 1 Corinthians 12, and this is where Paul is speaking about the different kinds of spiritual gifts. It says, To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by the means of the same Spirit, to another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing 
by that one spirit to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of the one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. So I actually just want to go through these just one at a time. I'm not going to make make it through them all, but I want to talk about a few just for you to get the feel of it, the heart of it, what's going on with some of these gifts, and and maybe be open to it. As Paul said, he says we should actually all desire anything that would help us to do the work of the kingdom. So it said in 1 Corinthians 12 and 8, it says, to one there is given the spirit, the message of wisdom. The message of wisdom. So what is the message of wisdom? The message of wisdom might be you're sitting around trying to find, figure out a problem. Uh, an example, a problem we've had as a church for, for probably six months now, since coming, coming back after a few years kind of off and not really being allowed to meet, was out there the car park is bunged. And I'm sure none of you get frustrated at coming to a bunged car park, especially when you need to leave early. I'm sure none of you are, are mad about that, are scared about your lovely car getting scratched. Uh, I'm not bothered about it at all. Obviously, I am. And, and there's a problem. And so we need, how do we move forward? What, do we need a new building because the car park? But we're not really getting the most of this one because of the car park. What do we do? Well, well, well honestly, it's a good thing for me to do and all, some of our leaders to do is to go ask some questions. And if we can find someone with the gift of wisdom, spiritual wisdom, it's going to be something like you're sitting at a table and then all of a sudden, Someone just, Bob said, let's call him Bob. Bob just rolls in and says, why don't you do this? And you're kind of sitting there thinking, why did we not think about that? <laughs> We've been, I've been scratching my head for six months and Bob comes in and gives me the answer. And so the gift of, of wisdom is a bit like that where some people just have the ability to see things and it's spiritual. Sometimes there's natural wisdom in that, but a lot of other times there's spiritual wisdom, especially when it involves building church. An example within the Bible is this, uh, 1 Kings 3 and 16. It says, Now two prostitutes came, this is Solomon, two prostitutes came to the king and stood before him. One of them said, My Lord, the woman and I live in the same house. I had a baby while she was there with me. The third day after my child was born, the woman also had a baby. So there was two, two women, two individual babies. We were alone. There was one in the house, but but the two of us, There was no one in the house, but the two of us, during the night, the woman's son died because she lay on him. She got up in the middle of the night and took my son from my side while I, I, your servant, was asleep. She put put him by her breast and put her dead son by my breast. The next morning, I got up to nurse my son, and he was dead. But when I looked at him closely in the morning light, I saw that it wasn't the son that I had born. The woman said, no, the living one is my son, the dead one is yours. But the first one insisted, no, the dead one is yours, the living one is mine. And so they argued before the king, and the king said, bring me a sword. So they brought a sword for the king, and he gave them the order, cut the living child in two and give half to one and half to the other. The woman whose son was alive was filled with compassion for her son and said, please, Lord, give her the living baby. Don't kill him. But the other said, neither... Neither I nor you shall have him cut him in two. Then the king gave his ruling. He gave the the living baby to the first woman. Do not kill him. She is his mother. When all Israel heard the verdict the king had given, 
They held the king in awe because they saw that he had wisdom from God to administer justice. So it's a simple example, pretty crazy example, but it shows the gift of wisdom. We also see here Jesus in Matthew 22 uh, is trying to be caught out. This happened multiple times by the Pharisees. It says this, then the Pharisees went out and laid plans to trap him in his words. Tell us then, what is your opinion? Is it right to pay the poll tax to Caesar or not? But Jesus, knowing their evil intent, said, You hypocrites, why are you trying to trap me? Show me the coin used for paying the tax. They brought him a a denarius when he asked them, Whose image is this and whose inscription? Caesar's, they replied. Then he said to them, So give back to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. When they heard this, they were amazed, so they left him and went away. They thought he had caught him. But Jesus knew what they were up to, their intent, and he was able to disarm them through the gift of wisdom. And so some of you might be saying, well, I think I'm that person at the table when someone's got a question. I just seem to be able to see something that other people, well, maybe you have the gift of wisdom. Maybe God has given you to the church to help make decisions which are wise and and cause the church to continue to thrive. And if the church continues to thrive, then people continue to be saved, continue to be discipled, continue uh, to see transformation. And so that gift is key. It is important. In James 1 and 5, it says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. It will be given to you. And so that's a little bit about wisdom. You can obviously dig into more of that, more of that yourself. Um, but that gives you a bit of an idea. Then the second one, the gift of the words of knowledge. It says in verse 8, to another the message of knowledge by the, the means of the same spirit. So uh, this can be defined as a specific piece of information that can only be known by supernatural means. Actually, I forgot to mention, well, I'll, I'll hold that off. I've got a little story I was going to add to that. So a specific piece of information that can only be known by supernatural means. So maybe you're praying for someone, maybe you're thinking about a situation, and and you get just a random thought, just comes to your mind, and you're like, that's not something I would usually think, but I think it might help that person. The difference between the words of knowledge and the words of prophecy, because sometimes they can be similar, is the words of knowledge is in the present, It's, it's for right now, whereas the words of prophecy often speak to the future. And so I've experienced this multiple times. I've had other people encourage me with, a, with the gift of knowledge, yet again, because that's what it does. It encourages. Uh, I'll give you an example. I was talking to a guy way too late last night. He's in Florida right now, and he started messaging me randomly because he's seen some of our pictures going up the morns. And how we met was years ago, I'd known about this guy uh, through football circles. I kind of known it a little bit that he had maybe ha- had some sort of Christian upbringing, but I knew he wasn't living like that. And we had just started uh, planting a church in our previous season. And I was like, I had nothing to work with. Literally, there was 10 of us in, in a, a wrecked YMCA in Portadown. And it was actually closed because <laughs> it was a health and safety hazard. Little did we know when we were in our early 20s that we probably shouldn't have done that. Um, and so we're just trying to gather a bunch of young people. We had vision, we were bold, we had full of faith. And I was just like, God, I know what to do, but I'm going for it. I'm willing to make a move. And I started to pray. 
And, and this guy, just I couldn't get him out of my head. I didn't know him. I didn't want to be weird, but I messaged, I, I was weird, and I messaged him on Facebook. and just said, how you doing, mate? And I, I didn't know even what to say. I was like, mate, would you ever, would you mind meeting up sometime? And he actually said yes. And he ended up coming around to my parents' living room. And I literally, I don't, I don't, must have been just full of faith and excited and whatever else, but I literally just more or less challenged him to come, you know, give his life to the Lord. And he said, yes. I'm like, that's easy. This is easy. But as I look back, I realize that that's actually not easy. <laughs> Most of the time you get kicked back, pushed back. But there was something about the time and there was something God was doing in the spiritual that I didn't fully understand, but I sensed. I had some sort of knowledge of, but God gets the glory. And so he had a conversation. Here he is, 13 years later, ends up, his life completely changed, transformed. He said, actually, he reminded me last night that actually uh, within the year before that, he, he was suicidal. He attempted twice to commit suicide. And he knew he needed help quick. And just in that moment, at that time, that's why he said yes so quickly, because he was waiting for it. He was ready for it. It just worked out. And here he is, 13 years on. He met his wife in the same living room that I had that conversation. She was over interning with us for three months. Ends up going back to the States as a youth pastor with the church we were a part of. And 13 years on, he's looking back in his living room, just thinking, late at night, texts me, and just, man, I'm so thankful how God brought that into your mind and you just asked that simple question. You made a move. Says my life has forever been changed. I, I, as I look back, I can't believe it. How blessed I am to track the road, my, not just me, but my family's on because of a simple question and a simple answer. His life was forever changed. I believe that, that was, there, there's a word of knowledge in that and it was nothing to do with me and it was so simple but yet so powerful. Just incredible. And that was just, he literally was messaging me at 1 a.m. last night. And I was like, who are you talking to at this time over Instagram? And so he's even talking about, so how's the church going? I'd love to help. How can I help? And this is what he was saying. Just all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he popped up. Really encouraging. I just love that. It says in John 4, verses 16 to 19, Jesus told her, go call your husband. He's he talking, I think it's the woman at the well. He says, go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you've had five husbands. The man, uh, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true, sir. The woman said, I can see that you're a prophet. Jesus had insight about the stranger, which was used to lead her to repentance from sin. So this is an example where the Holy Spirit is working through Jesus and he had a word of knowledge on this woman at the well, which sometimes we ignore. And that's what blew her away and that's what brought her to a place of repentance. That's what made her change her life. A simple question, a simple understanding of a part knowledge of her life. She then ran back into the town and told everyone about what had just happened, the life transformation she just experienced through what? The word of knowledge. It's powerful. So, so if, if this is a gift and this is available, why on earth would we not want it? Why on earth would we not try and seek it? Because, listen, you, as I said, I've asked tons of people, hey, I think you should put Jesus first. I think you should give Jesus your life. But not everyone just says yes. 
But for some reason, I had a random thought, an idea in my head, which means I can't take credit. It wasn't my wisdom. It wasn't anything. Uh, it wasn't a smart decision. It, wasn't, it was beyond that, but it was so graceful and so easy, and it changed the course of someone's life. And so if God has got this ability and power for us to use, let's use it. Can I get an amen? Oh, that's weak. That is so weak. We're not convinced. Like, this is too deep. It's so powerful. Even think of an example. This is probably more touching towards prophecy, but I remember um, a big man in here telling me, Phil, I think we should, we're kind of trying to contemplate, should we you know, start the church first and foremost? And secondly, we're. I don't really want to start doing set up and tear down right now after a season of that. That's where I was at personally, and I was talk, talking to Big Al. And I was like, mate, there's a, there's a gym, Enzo's gym, you should go check it out. And I'm like, is there? Is it, it's been free for a while, yet. Yeah. And for whatever reason, he just thought, go check it out. And I, I came in through the, the doors here, and I looked at it, and I was like, this is set up for a church. Like, we actually don't need to erect any walls, really. Maybe one in next door, which we did. Uh, but but for the most part, this is a, a cracking start for us. This is a great beginning. Lo and behold, we then start baptizing people. And Al has his hand up. I'll get baptized. Anyone need to get baptized, let me know. We have two on the list already. Um, and, and we might have warm water this time. We've been trying for about five years to get warm water. Yeah, I need help. Any words of wisdom? Any spiritual gifts of wisdom? Come and talk to me after. We'll figure that thing out. Um, and after Al got baptized, he then lets me, know, lets me in on the secret that actually I see myself getting baptized before we got the building. You what? Thanks for telling me. But, but in some ways, that's a word of knowledge or a word of prophecy. It was seeing something before it happened. The Spirit was working through it. And listen, Alan wasn't saying, I'm smart. I deserve a medal for this. It was very humble in its approach. It was very... I just sensed it. I don't even know why. It just happened. And so who gets the glory? God gets the glory. But, but praise God for people who are listening. Praise God for people who are seeking. Praise God for people who are active. Because listen, we can build a church. We can change lives with people like that. We can see people's lives transformed upside down with people who are seeking, with people who are listening, with people who are open. Can you get an amen? Number three, the gift of faith. It says verse 9. To another faith by the same Spirit, the gift of faith is defined as an unshakable confidence in God's power and God's promises. Now, we've we got to make sure we don't mix this up with conversion faith. The Bible says in Ephesians 2 and 8, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. So we're saved by grace through the vessel of faith. And that's how we start and that's how we begin and that's when we ask at the end of a service, does anyone want to trust Jesus as their Lord and Savior? That's, that's the beginning of the journey. That's a conversion faith, but then there's a continual faith that God has designed us to live by. He wants us not to live by sight, but by faith. As humans, we're actually, if you think about it, every, everywhere you go, everything you do is by faith. You see it, any kind of creative idea, you see it before you get there, before you came to church, you've seen it. You've seen the journey. You believed you would get here. You, took, you started the journey. And so we're designed for faith. Um, 
We see in Hebrews 11 and 1, it says, Now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance of what we do not yet see. So extraordinary. So this gift of faith is kind of that on steroids. It's when you have someone who literally just believes, just believes God can change it, especially in the situations that are just doubtful and look like we're at the worst. Like, for instance, if Moses is at the Red Sea, and he's been telling them, right, we're going to go into this new land. It's going to work out. It's going to be great. And you're at the, you're at the, you're at the Red Sea, and it's, it's the worst possible. You're, you're in the pit. It's in the worst possible scenario. That's when you want someone with the gift of faith coming along and speaking, listen, we can do it. God's going to come through. Keep your head up. Stay active. Keep seeking, because these are the moments that God moves the most. But these are the moments that our flesh dies the most. These are the moments where we feel most discouraged. And maybe some of you are there right now. It's time to make a move. It's time to activate faith. Jesus, uh, it says in, in Matthew 21, verses 21, it says, Jesus replied, Truly I tell you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you can say to this mountain, Go, throw yourself into the sea, and it will be done. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask in prayer. These kind of things is what Jesus was telling us. He was trying to get something, a message across that there's something in this gift of faith. There's something when faith is stirred up, you begin to see things, you begin to do things that you wouldn't do without it. You, you begin to enlarge your vision, which also changes your direction. It changes how you act, it changes how you think, it changes how you move. So it's impossible. It's the kind of faith that, that just believes in the impossible. I'll give you an example. And honestly, this impacted me just two weeks ago. Probably feeling a wee bit lethargic um, myself. And, and Luke Brendan came and I'm like, here we go. He's just going to fire it at us and he's going to just be all fired up. And I've been so impressed by Luke because he's been so consistent with that. And as I was reading through this, I was like, it just gave me the revelation again. Is that, you know what? What that is, as much as I don't understand always Luke's perspective, because I probably don't have the, same, the gift on the same level that he has it. It's a gift of faith. Every time I'm speaking to him, he's like, Phil, I still believe it. Uh, if you can, he said one thing to me, and it really caught me. He says, Phil, if you can see it, can you see it? Because if you can see it, I believe it can happen. He's really just given me the definition again in his own language about faith. If you can see it, and it's, it's for God's glory, I believe it can happen. And he just came into me and he was behind the scenes and obviously on the stage. He's just, he's just staring off faith. And to be honest, if you're sitting there and you're just not game and you're not there, it can feel a wee bit annoying <laughs> at times because he's at 100 and you're at maybe 20. But you know what? Once it starts to seep in, sometimes you need someone to come in with extreme faith to start to get you to think, wait a second, I'm not thinking right here. Wait a second, I'm going to reflect. What way, the way I'm thinking isn't working right now. Maybe this guy's onto something. Maybe this person's onto something. And so I really believe the gift of faith is key. And I'll, I'll be honest, what happened to me practically as soon as I heard Luke, something triggered in me. Something ignited in me. And I started having conversations again about the car park. <laughs> Just practical, but it means something. You know, you think about a plant, uh, and maybe you've got plants at home, 
what matters is the size of that plant pot. That, that plant might be able to grow to 20 foot, but if the plant pot is too small, it can't. Because the pot, it's pot bound. In the same way with the car park, practically, yes, it's, it's a practical thing, but it's also a spiritual thing. In the same way, you might be pot bound in your vision for your life, your vision for what you can achieve uh, through God's grace, your vision, oh, I'm just, I'm just an attendee. Well, that's pot bound. I can only welcome people at the door, you're pot bound. I can only serve the coffee, which is important and we need it, but you might be pot bound. If you're limiting yourself there, I can just kind of help in the crash. Well, what if you can do more than that? What if there's spiritual gifts to not just be in the crash, but speaking to the mothers in the crash? And maybe what if God drops in some knowledge for you to share and change the course of someone's destiny? Let's make sure we're not pot bound. So what I started to do is have conversations again. I was actually um, just after watching a, a football match on TV with actually Tim and Jude, contemplating a game of FIFA after, because the football match was terrible. And started thinking about the car park again. I was like, what do you think? Do you think that's maybe a problem? And then my, my, my faith, you could call it juices, started to flow again. And I said, you know what? I remember saying that there's a field out the back there. I wonder who owns it. I'm pretty sure they started, started building on it. And I, I went straight away the next day with Sam, and just drove into the, the site and says, right, who owns this place? <laughs> Show me the boss. And I, I found the boss, got talking, and all of a sudden within a few seconds, yeah, you can have it for a car park. Yeah, you can, you can yeah, it's no problem. And here I am, the, the, the owner came in this morning just to drop in the key. What, what did I put that down to? The gift of faith. Someone came in and rocked me, spoke life beyond my feelings, beyond my capacity at that current moment in time, and something changed in my gears. Something changed in my spirit. It was edification of the church. And it was there the whole time. <laughs> for, for the whole six months it was there, but I didn't see it. Because I was maybe a little... But close-minded, I was maybe a little bit pot-bound. I was maybe thinking too small. I was maybe just caught up in my everyday life. And, and so it's so important that if you've got the gift of faith, let's begin to exercise it. Let's begin to speak it out. Why? Because it changes people's lives. It changes people's destinies. It's going to expand the kingdom. Don't let it lie dormant. Can I get an amen? Another person I love to listen to is Christine Kane. She's exactly the same. She just comes in like a dynamite stick, just speaking words of faith, just stirring people up. And that's what she does. That's, she goes around churches and just stirs people up. And you know what happens? Things change. Mountains do move because that was a mountain. That, that car park situation is a mountain for us. It's full today. It's over full, by the way. So listen, <laughs> Holy Spirit move right now. We need stones. We need truck drivers. We need diggers. If the Holy Spirit's moving in your heart, I'm, not, I'm actually being serious, and you want to help us prepare the car park, and remember, it's not just a car park, it represents people, it re represents families, it represents people like that guy I went to speak to who was suicidal. It's practical, but it's spiritual. Can I get an amen? Don't want to skip too much out here. We see then the, the gift of miracles. It says to another miraculous powers, 
a supernatural event contrary to the laws of nature. This is closely linked to healing, but it, but it's also listed separately. Something that's not logical, rational, uh, has a rational explanation. We see it in the Bible with the virgin birth. We see it with the feeding of the 5,000. We see it with walking on water. We see it with water into wine, Jesus' first miracle. Uh, we see it um, as Peter raises Tabitha from the dead. And so let's be real. A lot of us don't see those things today, at least in the West. But they're listed and they're there. And I think if you're, if you're honest, and we're all honest, if we're hungry, we go to Tesco's. <laughs> if we're struggling, we go to the hospital with health. And sometimes that can get in the way, if we're honest. We don't really need faith. We're having faith more in a, in a, probably in a person, in, in a job role at the hospital. Or we have so many great charities here that provide practically uh, uh, food banks, etc. So a lot of those things, I believe, in the West, we don't see, see because we probably filled in a lot of the holes. And we are blessed because, you know, th this, this country was built on Christian values and maybe good, there's something in that too. We're blessed because of that. But actually, if you look to other nations who don't have that, it's actually a common occurrence when we look to places like China where, where Christianity is not promoted, it's actually persecuted. And there was actually stats that showed in one month where we'd be praying for salvations and inviting people to church in one month a certain region in China, Henan alone seen 120,000 people come to faith. And how that happened wasn't just through just invitation and repentance, it actually was through signs and wonders. It was through miracles and miraculous power, through the power of the Holy Spirit. But it was done a lot of times in secret, underground. We see it in Africa, we see where, where demons cast out, there's these things happening which is unusual to us in the West, um, maybe because we are blessed in some ways, maybe not, I don't know. But the reality is it's still there, it's still available, it's still a thing. Then we have the gift of discernment. It says to others distinguishing between spirits, and I think this is important, especially, you know, we don't want to be the kind of church when it comes to faith that, oh, you know, you didn't get healed because you didn't have enough faith. We don't want to be that weird church. But at the same time, Jesus speaks a lot about how faith is, is essential. That we need faith to see God move. We need faith to see change. We need faith. It's, it's core. It's central. It's needed. But So we're, we're riding that tension. We don't want to like, oh, you, you know, that person didn't get healed because you didn't have enough. Like, that gets weird very quickly. We don't want to be that church. It says in 1 John 4 and 1, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. An example of this was Jesus speaking to his own disciples. Peter, he says, get behind me, Satan, <laughs> to his disciple. Because the spirit was wrong. He was trying to control Jesus. It actually also shows you how meek Jesus was, that obviously Peter thought he could control the situation and help Jesus. But there was something going on in the spiritual where, where Peter was trying to navigate in a human way and, got, and Jesus was like, no, this is not what we're trying to build here. We're not trying to build a kingdom 
uh, an empire on the earth for, for just, just to glorify me for no reason. And, and it's not an earthly kingdom, it's a, it's a heavenly kingdom. And so in the same way, when someone comes, and we gotta be careful, and this is what was happening in Corinth, people's spirit, their, their motives were wrong a lot of the time. Um, is that when someone gives you a word, if so, someone gives you maybe something that they would call prophecy or word of knowledge, you test it. There's crazy people out there. There's people that get, even you, you might try to do it and get it wrong. I think that's why it's so important to qualify. Listen, this is what I'm, I'm feeling. This is what I'm sensing. I'm not sure. I remember someone saying, I've taken this on board so much, is that often when someone has a humble posture and they're trying to encourage you with a spiritual gift of some kind, they're usually like, I think it's right, but I'm not 100%, which, which shows humility. But when someone comes, this is the word of the Lord, you should marry that person and you should marry them. Run. <laughs> because that's getting weird and that's probably toxic and that's controlling. And so test it. You can test it. Well, someone gives you a word. Well, I'm not sure that fits for me right now, but I'll put it on, I'll put it on the shelf. And one thing you don't want to do is go chasing it either. That drives all kinds of people crazy, trying to live on a, someone else's faith. It's just there to edify, to stoke the flame, to encourage and a lot of times when it's done right, it's, it's, it's simple. It's clear. It connects. And if it doesn't, and if you're trying it, and you get it wrong, hold your hands up. It's fine. When you learn a language, a second language, it's vulnerable. It's hard. If you're going to... I know my wife came had to obviously learn English and sometimes you're trying for the first time especially in Northern Ireland everyone's talking really quick it's a bit vulnerable you get it wrong sometimes you hear wrong it's okay but make sure you qualify that when you speak to people as well so that because what, what I've seen happen in this kind of scenario is someone says this is what the Lord has said and that person takes that and if you're wrong and they're immature they can actually end up losing their faith in Christ. They actually end up losing um, a, a simple understanding of the gospel. They actually end up thinking God lied or God got it wrong, which he didn't, just that person did. So that's really important just to qualify. Okay, I'm going to leave it there. Let's go ahead and stand. We'll address the, the topic of tongues and a few other dispersal gifts next week uh, as we'll probably wrap it up then. But I think this is really important. I think out of all of this, I guess my heart and hope is that we start just to think that church isn't just going through the motions. Church isn't just on the surface. God isn't just looking to function through just, pra just the practical things, but there's something deeper going on. And you can literally... You, God has given us the availability of power and gifts to, to, to what I believe to change people's lives and the course of their life forever, to stop them making crazy bad decisions, to help edify, get them on board. So that guy that I was able to speak to, now he's got a family, he's got a next generation coming through that he's leading to put God first. There's expansion, there's multiplication, 
he, he gives back now. He's a part of a local church. That's the way of the kingdom. And what if God is speaking to you about someone right now or something and you're just afraid to just say it? I know uh, Lorraine and Gemma actually shared during the week that they were in a shop and the Holy Spirit spoke to them about talking to some random person and they did. They actually went for it. They're like, oh, I'm nervous. Went for it. Found out that person was in great need in a massive transition in the now, not later. It wasn't a prophetic thing. It was like a knowledge thing. And now we're in a conversation. We're trying as a church, let's see how we can help them. So thank you guys for being obedient. But, but, but that's one example. What if we were all in that place? You know what happens? The world becomes a better place. People start getting convinced that Jesus is alive. <laughs> People start repenting, just like we read, and coming to faith in Christ. And we, the church is alive. As we share these stories, I'm like, whoa. I want to try that too. Whoa, I'm ready. Whoa, I'm going to make a move. Whoa, I'm ready to go. Whoa. I don't want to live a life just inward, <clears throat> average, normal. I want to live a life that is explosive for the kingdom. It, it, it's, it's moving mountains. It's risk-taking. It's exciting. I don't know what's going to happen today, but something might. I'm listening, Lord. Use me. hope you enjoyed the podcast today. I hope it encouraged you. There's a few things I'd love you to do. I'd love you to subscribe to our YouTube, iTunes, or Spotify account. This is so you can keep up with our most recent material and messages. If this ministry has impacted your life and you'd love to help us reach others, you can do that right now by going to ariachurch.org and giving now. Cannot wait to see you next week on the Ariat Church podcast.